black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. I like bringing people on my show at times who agree with me and disagree. So if you agree and like to come on, let me know. If you disagree and would like to come on my show, let me know. I welcome all because I want an understanding and sometimes I could be wrong. It's rare, but sometimes. <laughs> um, so email me, call me, write me, send me a note. I'd like to come on, I disagree with you or I agree. Today my guest is Sharon Tucker. She uh, was watching me a couple times on Al and uh, Tommy show. Cooper, right? Cooper. The cameraman said yes. And uh, she called into the show and she said, you know, you're not crazy. And, and I don't think Sharon agreed with everything I talk about, but she agreed that I was right about these issues. So I asked her to come in today and help get some understanding about what I am talking about. And Sharon, I appreciate you coming in. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, yes. I welcome all people. Thank you again. Um, first, let me ask about, you know, the man and woman thing. I am about rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. I like the order that God has ordained already. Man, God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. I have been accused of hating women. When I say women do certain things, women does does certain things and do certain things in the home to their children, and they're mean to the husband or the boyfriend. Sometimes they turn the children away from the fathers because they can't get to the father. Uh, and when you turn them away, you turn them away from God. I've been accused by some of hating women. Do you think I hate women when I say that? Well, brother Jesse, I don't think you hate women. I think particularly black women in this case. I think that um, because you are um, solid about what you think yes. and what you've experienced in life, especially in, in our culture, it's difficult for people to receive truth. When I first heard you, it was difficult for me because you were so pointed. And I have not been used to hearing uh, such direct information about myself. Right. It's difficult for me sometimes to face truth about me. That's a, such a good point. It is. It's, it's that way not just about for me, but for people, period. It's not, you know, it's difficult for me not to hear how wonderful I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to be free, and I have children and grandchildren, and we as members of the body of Christ need to be free. That's right. Red, yellow, black, brown, white, right. orange, whatever. Um, so when you first heard me, your first impression was to get angry? I was very angry. But I thank God for his presence in my life yes. because he quieted me down and said, listen. After I listened to what you had to say, I began to understand what you were trying to communicate. But please understand that you do come across um, angry and bitter <laughs> because... Um, 
I think for me was because I had to get rid of still some anger, uh -huh. some bitterness, and some hurt. Wow. Yes. And there are a lot of people who have been so angry and so bitter and so hurt. And Brother Jesse, we're not getting healed when we go uh, to our spiritual hospital. We're not getting healed. That's right. Meaning the churches. Yes. You're absolutely right yes. about that. The one thing I want to say is that uh, this mission or uh, my purpose in life given to me by God is to wake up all people if I can, but especially the black people because they've been lied to for so long. Exactly. You know, they've not been told by people in the home or the schools exactly. or the churches that we are the problem. We need to get right within ourselves, mm -hmm. get right with God. And so uh, I'm out there saying these things, living these things and saying them. And there are blacks who hear, they're like, wow, that's the truth, you know. But many say, you know, you hate yourself, you hate your mom, you hate your daddy. I'm not moved by that, but the message is so important. I do want people to get it. It's very important. And when you first started to air on prime time, um, it was a different message. Yes. And then it was presented by a different culture. Yes. <laughs> so all of those things we have to take into consideration. We're not used to having our culture present to us the truth. That is, wow. We go we go and we're lied to. Yeah. So when a person comes and says, I'm tired of being lied to, I'm tired of being misled, misguided, misdirected, I'm angry enough. I don't need anyone putting anger, anger in me. Yes. I want to be free. Nobody knows what to do. Yes. You're like a, you know, for lack of a better word, an alien. Where did you come from? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. We've never seen anybody like you. So nobody knows what to do yes. except get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that's what it is. I understand that's that. That's exactly what it is. And, and what, what, what was asked me was, I, I didn't know you. I'd never seen you before. Had never heard you before. Right. What I was asked was, well, who is he? Well, what is he doing? Well, nobody knows where he's going and what he's doing. I didn't know any of that. Still don't know. Don't care to know. Might never know. What I wanted is the truth to set me free. That's right. I have children, I have grandchildren. They will, I guess, perpetuate generations until the return of the Lord Jesus. Yes. We need to be free. That's right. Um, um, you have children. I have children. They don't, where's the father? Um, one of my daughters is married to her husband. She has two sons. I mean the father uh, of your children. He's you deceased. Oh, he died. Oh, my okay. husband is deceased. Oh, good. So you were married. When you had yes. That. Well, thank God for that. Yes. You said off air that um, you got in trouble when you called in and, uh, and talked to me on the air. Yes. Can you tell the audience what happened in that situation? This is a little difficult for me. <laughs> but... Um, Brother Jesse corrected me. Um, I have reservations about calling names myself. I, I don't, I want to honor and not dishonor anybody and particularly those people that I love. But my mother was interested in finding out, um, um, well, who is he and who are you to correct, in, in, in essence, to correct anybody? You have <laughs> faults, you have frailties, um, I think we were referring to Jesse Jackson that night. Yes. And I was talking about he's an evil man. Yes. Because, you know, he supports abortion, homosexuality, he divided the races, yes. he used black people, had a yes. baby out of wedlock. Well, see, we had never heard that kind of thing before. Yeah. You were the first person who was brave enough to point out those facts. Yes. Well, anytime the truth is brought out initially, it's frightening. Yes. 
It's shocking to me. It's you. shocking. It was shocking <laughs> to me, and I had to stop yeah. and think. Well, yeah, all uh, that did happen. Yes. We want to think that our black men are heroes. Nobody wants to think that they're um, someone who is is highly visible uh, from our culture. It's not, it's not anything other than a hero. That is a difficult concept. Yeah. He ran for president. Yeah. Um, some of the others on the show have talked to you about all the you know wonderful things he's done. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you know Jesus? That's right. So your mother felt like I shouldn't do it for what reason? Well, Other I think it, the first thing was she said it made black people look bad. Isn't that amazing? You know what always get me, gets me, to me about that is I hear black people saying, well, you're exposing our business yes. to white folks. Like white people don't, don't really see what's they going see, on. They see, they know, they're people like, know. They're not in a cloud or mm -hmm. our stuff shows to the world, yes. as a matter of fact. There are other black people who come here from other country, countries and they see what we are doing. Exactly. So why do, why do they think I'm exposing it? I'm trying to do something about what is exposed. It's like I said, you were the first person, at least one of the first people, to point truth to truth. We're here on earth. The earth is not for a Christian, a born again Christian. This is not home. Um, it is the home of our enemy. Yeah. We're on enemy ground, and he is not about truth. That's right. Um, yeah, he's not playing around either. He's not. He's very serious about he's, this. He us. is, and we are allowing ourselves, for the most part, Scripture says people perish for lack of knowledge. That's right. People are perishing for lack of knowledge. Um, and like I said, when we go to our spiritual hospitals, we're not getting any help. People are going. People are hungry and thirsty for truth. That's right. They want it. They want it. And, 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 and may I say this real quickly, Brother uh, Jesse, um, there's a programmer also on this station, on this network, who pointed out um, a statistic I had never heard before, but he's traveled extensively. I don't even know if I'm permitted to call his name. If it's on the story, yeah, Joe McGee. Okay. He said that there are 400 pastors a week leaving the ministry. Wow. That's staggering. That was frightening when he said that. Now, he travels extensively. And while they're leaving, did he say? He didn't go into any details, right. um, but I have, I can imagine why. Um, there's so much, when we, you know, the Bible is our guide. Yeah. And if we're in church, and if we're about doing the business of the Lord, he has guidelines That's right. for his thing. That's right. Now, you know, if you That's have guidelines right. for your house. I have guidelines for my house. You can't come to my house and run my house. That's right. I can't come to your house and say, well, this is the way things are gonna be done. In the Father's house, this is the way he expects for things to be done. That's and right. when we don't do it that way, it's not successful. You, um, you said your mother said that I made black people look bad when I exposed people like Jesse Jackson yes. and others in the public. And your response to her was that something, and then she never did respond back to you. <laughs> right. What was that? My response was, um, I think that women on different talk shows um, scantily clad, in a lot of cases, not clad at all, holy yeah. uh, gullying and making uh, obscene gestures. Especially you see it in the rap videos a lot. And yes. Stuff like that too. That's what makes me look bad. Right. When people of other cultures see me, they stereotype me according to what they see on TV. Yes. That's not fair to me. What was your mother's response to that? I didn't get a response. And. Um, and you, you needed her to respond because you talked about how I she needed is a her, major artist. Yeah, I needed for her to
to affirm me, first of all, as her daughter and as a born-again Christian. And I know that I might get some calls from friends and relatives about this, but um, Scripture says the aged women are to teach the younger women. That's right. So yep. I'm in trouble if I don't have any aged women to teach me. The divorce rates skyrocketing, yeah. upward past 50%. Yeah. A lot of young women my age and younger are not marrying. We're not marrying our um, children's fathers. 75% of, of the babies are born out of wedlock. All of that is totally out of order. Yeah. Um, and I think it was such an important point, too, in that your, because the father is not there, so your mother is like the head. Yes. And her influence is just going from generation to generation. Yes. And if that's not corrected at some point, it just gets worse in each generation it rather does. than getting better. It really does. And hopefully my, my mother will understand that this is not a ploy of hatred, but a that's ploy right. of truth yes. and love. Truth is um, love. Something has to happen. And I believe that she's beginning to see that. I believe that um, maybe I had disappointed her in my life. I hadn't realized her goals for my life. Um, did you dis and did she have another plan for you? I believe that she did. Have you ever talked to her about it? We never have been able to discuss that. Why not? Um, I don't believe she's been ready to. Uh, and until That's kind of sad, huh? It's, it's, it's hurting. And I don't believe that Is your it's, mother a Christian? As far as her being a born-again Christian, I don't think that she's accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Does she think that she has? In the way that she's been taught down through the years, I believe that she thinks that, yes. And so as a, her daughter and a born-again Christian, have you talked to her about that? Say, Mom, I think you need to rethink this thing about I have life? tried to say that. And how she reacted and to it? And usually it ends up in, in um, anger and hurt. Uh -huh. And that's counterproductive. It is. So I've learned to stop and do more praying and ask the Lord to give me wisdom. Because, see, I think I said earlier, I've been angry, too. Yes. And angry is yeah. a destructive It sure is. Uh, it's emotion. not of God. It is not. Absolutely not of God. And What do you think would happen if you went to your mother and say, look, Mom, you know, I have to talk to you about some things, you know. There's some things went on between the two of us. Maybe you don't realize what happened, but I, you know, I saw it in a different way. I've held these things against you for a while. And I want to talk to you so I can forgive you. I'm not trying to put you down, but this is how I saw things. And you kind of laid out how you really felt and forgave her. How would she act, you think? I don't think she's ready at this point. Uh -huh. um, and if I tried to do it at this point, right now, at the taping of this show, I believe it would be more destructive. Um, it would hinder more than it would help. But I do believe this that she has begun to listen to you and she's begun to listen to truth and her heart is softening yeah you know what happened that's a, that's a good point i have a, i do a radio show too and i get letters from people who hate what i say initially but, and they say i'm not going to listen again mm -hmm. and they get addicted they become addicted mm -hmm. to the show and then they can't get away from and it. that's what's happening she's <laughs> becoming addicted and see i didn't realize that at first and it was <laughs> yeah. making me angry why don't you and not just but why don't we want to know truth that's right 
It's like but I'm telling people you, black people are, got a band. They don't want people no are watching. Yeah. They may not want anyone else to know it, and they may never say anything. But if you stop and listen, people are saying the same thing that they've heard you say, yes. and you know it's different because you've never heard it before. Yes. I've That's never good. heard it before. That's why I don't take it personally when they attack me. And it's me not a personal. Because I know it's not them. It's, it's just really that not. spirit inside. Yeah. And, and it's not a personal attack. That's Nobody right. knows you. That's right. It's just that you are a person bringing for all of this, you know, it, and it sounds like an attack. Yeah. Because we're used to being um, stroked. Uh-huh. Lied to, made feel good, tell us how wonderful we are when it's really not and the see, truth. And the, see, the one of the reasons why I can receive truth so well is because I'm an only child. Oh, but man. my father, as much as I know that he loved me, um, was very strict, and he believed in truth, and he believed in this is the way we do things. You tell the truth, you accept the truth, regardless of the consequences. That's right. That's he right. was strict, he was a disciplinarian. The fear of God was in my heart toward him. Yes. Um, I was afraid of my father. Wow. I was afraid, like, we should have godly fear for our Heavenly Father. The thing is that a lot of people my age and younger do not have a reverential fear of the Lord. Yes, ma'am. So anything goes. What do, you, if you can, what do you need to forgive your mother for? You need to let go of. One of the things that I have been working on... Um, I believe that I have I believe that I have accomplished that took me a long long time um, I had to forgive my mother for not being able to show me love mm -hmm. I needed to be loved she thought she was showing right. me love a lot of times they think that they're doing the right thing because you have to remember my mother's an 82 year old woman whose um, her generation was just two maybe three generations out of slavery mm -hmm. And the miracle of her life is that she is a very successful, educated woman, but grew up without a mother and without a father. And the miracle is that she and her two sisters are um, um, retired school teachers, I think, of 40 year tenure, wow. um, um, very effective in the communities that, that they that they worked in and, in and wonderful people. Well, why do you feel that she didn't give you love? I believe she did that do? she just didn't know how and deviated away from truth. See, when you deviate from truth. So what, she, she, she didn't give you enough attention or she didn't spend enough time with you? She wasn't patient with you? What was it that made you feel what she was giving you wasn't Love. You know, and I can't really pinpoint it. It's just something, you know, you, you know in your heart. I feel like something was missing. Just something was missing. And I think what was missing was that my mother needed Jesus as her Lord and Savior. So was she around a lot? She was there. She was very um, dedicated. She was a dedicated wife. She was a good wife and but good mother. But did she mother. sit down with you and talk to you as you were growing up? As I was growing up. I think what happened, I like think that. what happened, I got a certain age and into my teenage years when I needed them most right. and they didn't know what to do with me. My, my parents were older parents, you know, for that generation when people were having children, right. you know, from our community at maybe 16, 17, 18. My mother was a 30 year old having a child. Right. And so um, for her to know what to do with a teenage child and then me being an only child and the needs that I had were confusing. Why don't you sit down with her and have this conversation? And, and 
Well, conversation is two-way, Brother Jesse. I know, but... I can't, you know... I understand. Let me tell you this. One thing that God did that I, I think is real great, and God is good, is that he told us to forgive them. And as we forgive them, he will forgive us. Yes. And so if you sit down with your mother to have this conversation, and she refused to acknowledge, I'm sorry, I didn't realize, I thought I'd done my best, you still forgive her because you're, you're letting it go, right? And God's going to set you free from that, whether she apologized or listened or anything. I believe that I have forgiven. I don't think she's forgiven me. Why do, why do you I think, think that she has not forgiven me for not living up to her standards. And do you think that you, do you feel you never were able to live up to her standards? I think that I would have had I had um, a little more um, understanding and kindness and just see. But I right now you feel like you haven't lived up to her standards. I, I, what happened was mind. that I was such a good child. I mean, I was so afraid of my father that I was obedient uh, growing up. And then there, there came a time when I thought, well, if being obedient is not <laughs> going to get me love, yeah. the heck with it. Right. And I started to rebel. Yes. And I started to, you know, with my with promiscuity yeah, and so that. forth and so on. You got to forgive her. And you got to well, go to her and talk to her. I, Especially if she, 80, you say she's 88? 82. 82? Mm -hmm. Well, I you do what you want, of course, but I recommend you do it before she aspires. And I have tried. Because, uh, again, the way you do it, don't expect and say, Mom, I need to talk to you about something. I'm sorry for holding these things against you. I have, I would, I have never been able to live up to your standard. I'm never good enough for you. You always made me feel that way, and I resented you for that. And I'm sorry for that. And then, the rest is up to her. She, I've even written her that. you got to face her. I have written it. you got to face I, her. I, and because uh, writing I her and she's alive is like a coward's way out. You need to face, in order to become a good matador, you got to face the bull. Well, my question is that doesn't the other person have to be receptive? No, I mean, no, I, no ma'am. Well, see, and that, that's, that that's goes back to the teaching. That. That's the beauty of it. Once, they do not have to be. Once I have released it, then it's you up, go them. It's up to her. It's it's really, and I believe the ball part, the ball is in her hands right now. Uh -huh. I've done that. I have done it okay. more than one time. Well, you don't need to do it but once and forgive her and go your way. And it's up to her. It's between she and God. It at that is. Point. And and her heart is softening. Yeah. I believe that her heart is really, really softening. And I believe one of those times came when she started to really have it had started to hear the truth the way it was being presented in a way yes. that was never presented before. Yes. I need to listen and look and, and, and see myself. Yes. Um, I had to stop and realize I haven't been a perfect parent. Have you I've apologized made many to your daughters for your mistakes? I have. Good. I Good. really have. Yeah. Yes. Um, I often say that most pre black preachers are not called by God but by their mama. <laughs> what do you think about that? I didn't understand what you meant until you explained it yes. on one of your programs. And just for the audience, I said that when you're growing up in the black community, yeah. a lot of times, if, you, if you're a kid and you say something kind of nice, the grandmother or the mother or some sister who think that she can predict your life, boy, God going to call you to be a preacher. Yeah. And you grow up become a preacher and look what we have. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about that? About that? Now that you've explained it and defined what you meant, 
I understand. I didn't before you had. Yeah. But understand, Brother Jesse, in our community, the heroes of the community were preachers That's and right. teachers. That's right. So everybody wanted their child to be a hero. Yeah. Everybody wanted their daughter to be a princess. So the daughter was a princess who married the preacher. Yeah. Or the daughter was a princess who became a teacher. Yes. There were no female preachers in my day and earlier. Very few. So the heroes and the heroines were preachers and teachers. Wow, that is such a good point. Um, what do you think is wrong with, not all of course, not all, not all. I'm looking up again, they tell me to stop looking up the answers. Uh, I say that most black men, not all, but most black men are weak, pathetic, poor of men, of a man. Am I wrong by that? I think that you're right. And why do you think that I'm right? And I think that you're right because our black men have much potential. They do. I think that black men are the strongest men on the face of this earth. Well, I don't know about all of that, but they got good well, this potential. Is, this, is my, this is my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I think that black men are, were, the, were among the first men that were on the face of the earth, according to what I understand scripture says. But I believe that life and the devil and we ourselves have drugged ourselves down through yes, our men. Yes, ma'am. And so what else can they do but be weak and pathetic? Yeah. Because when we keep going to our hospitals and don't get any help, what do we do? We get worse. Yes. It's either get better or get worse. You know, we have about two minutes left or so. What do you recommend to me in the message that I bring? <clears throat> Well, Brother Jesse, to be perfectly honest, I would like to hear less about Jesse Jackson um, because with all of his faults and frailties, I saw him um, in a, on TV and I was surprised. I believe he's hungry and I believe he's thirsty and I have prayed for him and many others have. That's the answer. I would not be where I am, wherever I am, were it not for a praying father. Mm -hmm. um, I pray for people who never know I pray, and I see a difference in their lives. Um, and it comes across, you know, um, one of the other programmers on this, on this network says, says this, when you, when, when you continue to talk about someone else's weakness, then people want to know what your weakness is. So I think that you've made your point. We're going to pick up on this. We have 30 seconds left. The reason that I talk about Jesse Jackson, Al Shopping, and others is because they're such a big figure they in the are. black community. And most of these boys and girls don't have fathers and mothers guiding them. That's a good example. And these people wear reverend behind their yes. name or in front of their names. And they're influencing our boys and girls in the wrong way. And I really just want to expose them for what they are. But we'll pick up on it. Thank you. Tune in next week or next time. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, once in a while, I have guests on who disagree with me and those who agree. So if you'd like to be on the Jesse Lee Peterson show, you can email me or call me. My email address is on the board. There you get it at the end of the program. Or you'd like to, you know, or if you agree, you'd like to come on, let us know. We will have you on. I like hearing all points of view. No problem. Whether you're black or white, male or female, young or old. Let us know. We'll have you on. Uh, Sharon Tucker is with me today. 
And she saw me on Al and Tommy Cooper's show. She called in, and at first she was mad at some of the things that I was, was saying, but she calmed down, saw the reality of it. Now she agrees with most of the things, not all, but most. And I asked her to come on so we can talk about those issues, and we're doing that today. I deal with all people, but my primary focus is on the black community, and primarily because the black people have been lied to for so long, the last 40 years or so. They've been told it's not them, it's somebody else. It's the white man, it's slavery, all this kind of stuff. So we're telling the truth to all people, but especially black people. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I want to go back to something you said to me off air. All right. <laughs> and I think it's a good point. It needs to be talked about. You said that when you said that you're going to have me on your show, I did not believe it. And I said, well, why didn't you believe it? And you said? I didn't believe you because at that point I didn't re realize that I was stereotyping you myself. I thought, well, he's a black man, you know, he's not going to do what he said. <laughs> yeah. And because I had no point of reference. Right. I had never met you before. I didn't know anything about your past and yeah. your um, testimony of, of uh, salvation. I didn't know. You proved yourself because you had your producer or your producer call, and here I am. You know, it's funny when you said, when I said I was going to have you on, it never occurred to me not to do it. Is that and then right? when we invited you, and at one point you, it, looked, it looked as though you were not going to be able exactly. to make it. I was disappointed you were not going to come. Is that right? And I understand, though, why you feel that way, because one of the problems in the black community across the country is that black people, not all, not all, not all, but most black people don't keep their word. Exactly. When they say they're going to do something, nine times out of ten, they're not going to do it. Exactly. And then they won't tell you that they're not going to exactly. do it. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? And that's what happened. There was a person who was to help me get something accomplished so that I could get the funds to be here. Yes. And twice that person disappointed me. Yes, ma'am. But um, I thank God for my friend who is in the audience who came through. Yes. Um, he, because I have not had transportation, and he does. He said, I said, will you be there, be at my house at one? At one, he was there, and he's a black man. That's another thing, too. Most <laughs> black people are late. Mm -hmm. He was punctual. And they're proud of being late, mm -hmm. and the reason I know that they're proud because they named it. They call it CP time. Yes. So instead of being ashamed about it, they put a title on it and feel even better about being late. Exactly. Uh, and the reason I want to bring it up because it's these type of issues that are holding us back, back it's, as black exactly. Americans. Exactly, it as is. As black Americans. Uh, I used to be that way too before I was uh, born again, before God changed my heart. My word didn't mean a thing. You know, I didn't care about what was right. I didn't care about black women. I would just have sex with them and whatever happened, fine with me. Because I resented my mother and as a result of that, I resented all women, especially black women, because for some, well, I know why, but most, not all, not all, not all, but most black women are so mean, you know, it's just impossible for the black man to deal with it, including his mama, his sister, his cousin, <laughs> his girlfriend, his wife. She's impossible to deal with. So he ended up bailing out or becoming violent or just shut down totally. Exactly. Am I wrong about that? Um, I have been guilty, and, and um, so I know that for the most part you're right. We are an angry people. Yeah, that's right. We are angry. Anger, I understand, stems from being hurt. Yes. I have been hurt, and yeah. a lot of other women, that's and men right. get hurt. You know, yeah. we, I've always thought, well, men don't hurt. You yeah. know, they go around hurting other women. They don't get hurt. Well, the reason that men hurt other women is because they're hurt 
first by their mothers and grandmothers. Hurting people hurt people. Said, that's right. Uh, go ahead. And if you adopt me, go to the post office and, and, and run up against some of those black women in the post office. Or Have anywhere else. Have you been to the post office lately? Or oh anywhere else. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're not allowed to ask but one question, <laughs> and you better hurry up and ask that question. Or go to the bank. Honestly, I used to go to the bank, and whenever I saw a black female at the teller, I would go somewhere to another one, to another teller, because I knew she wasn't going to be patient. She's snappy and just no smiles. Am I wrong about that? No, you're, you're not wrong, but um, let me defend us women, if I may. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we were, we were talking earlier. Scripture says, and I believe it's Titus 2 and 3, aged women ought to teach the younger women. Yes. Teach the younger women how to be sober. Teach the younger women how to be modest. Yeah. Teach the younger women we are not being taught like we need to. Yes, and then the aged women say, well, the younger women don't want to be taught. Scripture doesn't say we have to want yes, to be taught. Right. Scripture says teach the younger women. Yeah. I'm sure women of my mother's generation who are very successful uh, in that they've grown up they've taught, uh, they've come up through very difficult times, yes. Yes. Um, times more difficult than our times that we live in. Um, their, um, what is the word, their aunts, yep. their mothers, yep. their um, grandmothers, grandmothers, people who influenced them, taught them. That's right. You know, um, I can remember growing up hearing something so much it just made me sick. <laughs> um, when you get married, and you have a husband, I don't care, you know, um, if he is not a perfect man, your responsibility is still to um, be a wife sexually. Yeah, that's bad advice. Um, and, but what that did for that generation of women, they stayed married yeah. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. I mean, it was the teaching, even though the teaching may have may be inappropriate for this time, for that time, they did do that, it, right. it kept them married. Right. That generation of people stayed married, whereas our generation, we're going from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage like it's a game. That's right. That's right. Five and six times. I want to talk to you about something else you said uh, about, uh, yeah, I made a note of it, and it won't come down. Oh, about forgiving... Uh, why, why, why is it that black women uh, end up with all these bad guys that are looking for love? Remember we talked about how they dress and all that? Oh, I was saying that um, someone, um, a man, uh, my second husband, um, after my first husband died, I remarried, and though that marriage didn't last, he saw things in a way that was more mature than I did, and he said to me, um, you shouldn't wear skirts with a split. And I said, why? The skirts are very, it's very conservative, nothing's right. showing. He said, but a man's imagination. So it's not necessary for us women to be um, scantily clad or to be overexposed, right. to be attractive um, to the opposite sex. Yeah. But we're not taught that. No. So what we do is we expose ourselves. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons that they do it is because they're looking for love. Yes. And they don't, they're looking for the love of a father because fathers have not been there to love them. And if the father's there, the mother, not all, but most are so angry at the father, she tend to turn the children away from the I, father. I, I agree with that. The father's no good. You know, dad would tell the kid, take the trash out. And when the, the father takes off to work, the mother said, you don't have to do what he says. 
And so they're turning their, father, their children away, their daughters away from their fathers. And when you don't love your earthly father, it is impossible to love God. Mm -hmm. So they have an emptiness, a void, a yearning for the father. So when they run up, into, uh, up against these guys, they really need someone to be patient, correct them, yes. to guide them in the right way. But yeah. instead, they get used. You know, exactly. they get the, the guy have sex with them and stuff like that and they don't really treat them well, so it just goes on and on. And that, that can be avoided. God has provided a way for all of that to be avoided yes. if, if we just study and do what the Word of God says. That's right. Um, you talked earlier about you had fear of your father, and I want to come back to that just for a moment, uh, because God tells us to fear him, but he doesn't want us to have the fear where we can't uh, function. Traumatizing. Right. Fear. The mm -hmm. fear that we should have of God is when you are born again and you become conscious of him, you know if you should sin, you're going to be separated from him again. Mm -hmm. So the fear is that you don't want to sin to be separated from the father mm -hmm. again. And that's how your earthly father should raise you, that he should be a good man. Mm -hmm. Love God with all his heart, soul, yes. and mind. Be a good example. And so his daughter would respect and love him for that. She would have fear that if she goes against her father's will, it would, it would cause a problem between the two of them. You shouldn't have the kind of fear that if you do something wrong, he's going to beat you up yes. or, or whoop you or yell at you. Yes. And it sounds like that's the fear you a have. A reverential fear. Um, I had both types. Yeah. And it was not until I became an adult that I had to, and I'm still working on getting rid of a lot of fears, yeah. um, which um, I think have, have um, amounted to hurt. Yeah. Because when you feel your father like that, you're going to end up with men just like your father. Exactly. That's exa and that's, what, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, your father's still living? No, he's deceased. Oh, okay. So were you able to forgive him before he expired? No, it was not until after. Oh, but you did let um, it go. Oh. As far as I can tell, I have. Yeah. Do you know how to forgive? I um, believe that forgiveness um, is a process. I believe the, the first step is to ask God, do I need to forgive someone? Who do I need to forgive? Whoever that person is, then help me. And then I think uh, another part of forgiveness is for the people that I have hurt. I ask you to help them, Father, to forgive me for hurting them. Because when we've been hurt, whether it's intentional or not, we hurt other people. You do. You can't help it. And you, and because a lot you of times become you like know. the person that you, you take on the same spiritual exactly. identity as the person you resent, and you, you become them, and so you start acting and carrying exactly. out with you. You lose yourself and become like Exactly. Them. I believe that I'm in the process of, of forgiving. Do you know that forgiveness is the easiest thing in the world to do? I hear you say that a lot. I believe it <laughs> and is. And it can happen at the twinkling of an eye. I believe it is for some people. I believe All that, people. I believe that it depends on a person's background and, and where they've come from. If, if a loving person, if they've come up in a loving environment, I believe it's easier for them to forgive because they don't have a point of reference of abuse and hurt and pain. I, I, but I believe a person who has a point of reference of a lot of hurt and pain and suffering and sorrow, it's more of a challenge for them no, to forgive. It's easier for the one that suffered the most. Okay. Because they tend to cry out to God. When you haven't suffered and life is pretty easy, you don't think you need God. It's only when you suffer it and know something's wrong that you feel like you need God. But the person that suffered the most, it's easy for them to do it. And the way you do it, you first have to admit that you have it. Most people won't admit, especially in the black community, 
that they resent their mothers and fathers. It's hard. They won't, they won't admit it. It's and hard. until you admit it, you're not going to be able to That's forgive. True. And once you admit it, what you start to realize is that my parents couldn't help themselves. You know, if I can't help but do the things that I do, and I know I don't want to do the things I do, it causes me to realize that my parents couldn't help themselves. Well, you see, but you're one of the first people that I've heard who say that. So people live their whole lifetimes not realizing, this is what I need to do. I yes. have a problem here, yeah. you know. Well, that's um, because most preachers don't know God themselves. Now, this is what preachers are supposed to be talking about, pointing the way to forgiveness so you can go free, right? Exactly. But when you get to know yourself, the Bible says the most powerful thing you can do is to know thyself. And when you understand, I couldn't help myself, so it must mean that my parents, look what I've done to my children, and I know I didn't want to do that to them, but I did it. Something else is driving me. It's not me, but it's the sin that's made a home in me, right? And when you can realize that about yourself, then you can realize it about your parents. Yes. And that's what would cause you to forgive. And them. it's important because I found myself, found myself in that same cycle yes, that I needed to break. I, did, I don't want to victimize my children right. and my grandchildren. I don't want them victimized that but way. Some, some you, kind of way, the cycle has to stop. That's right. And, and, and when you resent your father and mother, you do the same thing to your children that were done to it's you. It's perpetuated. That's right. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to another thing. You said that um, one of the problems that blacks have with me is that I call the names of the people exactly. that I'm disagreeing with. Yes. Like I'll say Jesse Jackson is wicked. Al Sharpton is evil. Louis Farrakhan, right? And, and you said that, that to them that's a sign that I'm only calling their name out because I got problems like that or something like that, right? I have to disagree with that. And let me tell you why. May I? And then you disagree with me too, all right? Um, we in the black community have been told not to point out the faults of black folks. That's true. Don't say their names. Don't point them out. Because we got to stick together. We're black people. And white people want to see us like this. That's true. You've heard that, right? That's true. Well, see, that's a trick of the devil, too. Because if you don't point those folks out, they're never coming into the light, and they look right. It look like you agree with them. And, but when you point them out, it causes other people to think about, yeah, that, that is right. I think the same thing about this person. But I thought I was wrong because I never heard anyone else say it. And so you're bringing that evil to the light. And when the evil comes to the light, it has no more power. That's true. And so we've been tricked again That's true. by the corruptors to say don't point out black people's problem because they want to continue to, to, to control us. That's true. And that's why I point out. I agree with and that. And plus they're public figures, you know. They are biggest light in the eyes of a lot of young black people. And so they need to be pointed out so that other blacks can say, you know what, I was thinking the same thing. They are wrong. And that's why I do it. Now, if I'm in private counsel with someone or it's not a public figure, I don't point their name out. But some people like that, you got to point their names out because they, they're having such an impact on society. Am I wrong? I think that it is correct that you have called names. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. It just gets to a point where, and I think what I said to you was that there is a program on this network who has said when you, um, um, and, and the terms were continually pecking on somebody else, it's like you wanted to release your own demons. Yeah. So people start to think, well, what about you? What are you doing? What, what, what's going on in your personal private life? And then that makes them want to attack yeah. needlessly. I agree. Um, I just, for myself, for my own personal benefit, 
I name circumstances and situations, those who support abortion, those who support homosexuality, those who support lesbianism, or those who support pedophilia. Those are things contrary to what God says That's and right. his word right. is healthy. For me, that works. Is there anything else that you disagree with me about? I know you agree with me on a lot of issues, but is there anything else that you disagree with me about? Um, basically, that's it, um, because um, I hear you. I hear your heartbeat is to um, perpetuate truth yes. and to open the eyes of people who are hurting. That's right. Um, and there are a lot of people who are hurting and who need truth, and it's the truth that's going to set us free. That's right. That's what set me free. Yeah. When I admitted that I was wrong, when I admitted that I need to change, yes. I stopped fighting and trying to do it yes. myself. That's when I changed yes. just like that. Now, for me, I had a pastor whose goal, that was his goal. I want the people in my congregation free. He was yeah. not so much concerned about himself uh, and making himself look good. That's right. Well, when you love truth with all your heart, soul, and might, you realize that it's, it's for you, but it's not for you, and to give mm -hmm. out to the world. Yes and hope that they can see it yes. and get it. And when you give it out like that, it comes back on yes. you, it helps. My life has been enhanced and changed in ways that I never could imagine. I believe Because that. of what I've had to endure and the fact that I wouldn't change, I wouldn't turn away from truth because of people attacking me on it. And there are so many black and whites and others who have been helped too. You know, oh, we hear yeah. from the negative, but there are a lot of black people. Oh, yeah. uh, forgiveness, what is forgiveness, you think? I'm not sure that I can uh, coin uh, terms to define forgiveness. For me, forgiveness is not holding bitterness yes. or anger or resentment towards someone who has hurt me or someone else. Yes. Um, for me, forgiveness is asking God to clean my heart and help me to be, have a heart that's pure and clean yeah. in his sight, um, not wanting to get back and get even at people who maybe have said and done things to me or to someone that I love That's right. to hurt or offend. That's right. That's beautiful. Unless we learn to forgive, I tell you, life is just not going to get better. Life is not going to get better. I, um, is there anything that you can say to black women and men today that you would, you know, you wanted to say, you never had the chance to say it. Now you, you have TV where thousands and thousands and thousands People listen all over the world, not just in the Texas area here. What would you like to say? There's so much to say, Brother Jesse, but I think that uh, the one thing I would say basically is what I've already said, is that it's not necessary to be overexposed um, or to, be, um, to present ourselves as vulgar women, um, to be attractive to a man. And at the same time, it's not necessary for a man to have that kind of vulgarity in his life to have an attractive woman. Oh, I know what I want to ask you. Finish your thought. Something just occurred to me. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> okay. Because of time, I want to ask you a question. I notice that whenever I talk about men and how bad they are, the women are like, yeah, right on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. But the moment I point out the faults of women, then all of a sudden things change. I'm a, I'm a woman hater. Why are you talking about women? Now I'm under the impression that women, most women, not all, not all, but most women don't like to hear the truth. Am I wrong with my impression? They don't I, want to hear it about themselves. It's difficult. Um, it's difficult quite often for us to hear truth about ourselves. Why? 
we want to think of ourselves as being wonderful and fantastic. Nothing wrong with us. Um, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm all right. There was a book out one time. I think maybe you've heard about it. I'm okay. You're okay. <laughs> um, we're not okay. No. We're nothing and nobody without Jesus Christ. That's right. But we're on territory. We're on territorial grounds of deception that want us to think that there are not areas in our lives we need to clean up. There are not areas in our lives that God wants to perfect so that if we don't grow and if we don't change, then we begin to, uh, we, we go downhill. Yeah. We go backward. We, we digress and, and digress instead of progress. Yes. It is the natural thing not to progress. Well, let me say this, make this statement with you while you're here. <laughs> so I'm making it before a woman, and I got five minutes to do it. Um, I've often said that it's not the black man that screw the life of ch black children up, but it's the black woman that set them up to fail. And I said the reason that I say that is because most of the time the man is not there anyway. Anyway. He's not around, period. Mm -hmm. And so it's the mother that is influencing the children. And so whatever she is is what they're becoming. And, am I, and when I make that statement, they act like I'm, I'm saying something that's not true. I'm going against women. And I say that because I want mothers to realize what they're doing to their own children. They're causing them to become drug addicts and, and, and whores and, and, and all this stuff that they're becoming is coming from the mother to the children, not the father, because he's not around. Am I wrong with that statement? I think that you're right, and it still goes back to the point that it's difficult for us to see our faults and our frailties. There's a term that might have even been a movie, the hand that rocks the cradle yeah. rocks the world. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we are not taught that. I was not taught that. I was never taught the things Scripture says I needed to be taught to be yeah. a successful mother. That's right. And and a grandmother. I I became a grandmother before I even learned things I should have known yes. as a mother. And you know, so interesting too is something that people don't acknowledge. We all will agree that for the most part, the black father is not in the home. For the most part, the mother has to do it alone. For the most part, it's her influence, but yet they want to admit that there's negative influence that comes from Well, that goes back to, um, you know, we, we have, we're just a few generations out of slavery. Just a few generations, just a few, not even maybe 200 years out of slavery. The black woman was the one who, with all her faults and frailties, um, um, survived um, in circumstances and situations that were horrible. I know, but they were not and as mean as they are today, though. Because they depended, they depended on God more. See, right. you know, we're, our generation of women is being taught, get your education, get your learning, get this, that, and the other. We're not taught, get Jesus. Get your education so you don't have to depend on a man. There's nothing in Scripture that verifies that. That's right. Absolutely That's right. nothing in Scripture. But I didn't know that until I had made so many mistakes and dug myself in such a deep hole that for the Lord to bring me up and out has taken years, and he's still doing it. Let's go back to something. You have how many, three children? I have two daughters. Two daughters. How old are they now? They're 31 and 32. Really? So you must be real old. I'm, I'm aged. <laughs> I should be, the Bible says, an aged woman. <laughs> You're a little old, but that's good. So have you sat your daughters down and say, look, daughters, um, I made so many mistakes. I've done a lot of things to you that I should not have done. I've been impatient in some areas. I have uh, not set a good example at all times. And I didn't allow you to speak up to me and, 
you know, tell me when I was wrong and admit that I was wrong. And I'm truly sorry for it now because I've learned my ways and I know now what the problem is. Have you sat them down and had an honest conversation like that? I, I did that even before they became adults. So what I was saying earlier is that I had a pastor who taught all of oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And so I learned it. And were they able to forgive you? They did initially, and they became adults and were swayed. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so maybe the question would be then, when you taught them that, and you told them that at a younger age, yes. when they were little, yes. did you change and stop doing those things to I them? had changed. Oh, okay. They were the ones who told me, Mama, you have changed. When I became a Christian and I, and I began to be taught the Word, the Word changed me. But why do you think that they went back to hating you? I don't know that it's so much hate as it to? is. I don't, I don't know that it's... Oh, you a, said that they changed, they forgave you, then they changed. What, what happened is that they have been swayed. They have been swayed, you know, people in adulthood, people change in adulthood from childhood because of what happens between that, you know, during that period of time when people's opinions change them, you know, yeah. they hear this or I'll buy you. I'll buy you whatever you want if you do things my Somebody way. Somebody need to turn the phone off because we're picking it up. Yeah, go ahead. My phone. Um, I'll buy you if you do things my way. You know, come my way. And so they change. Right. You, you, you see oh, what I I'm got saying? You. Yeah. Um, you know what? 30 seconds, I want to tell you, it's been a joy talking to you. Well, I'm glad you called you. me up and I'm glad I invited you. I'm glad you came. And I hope that from the conversations we have had, these two shows, that someone would listen and forgive and understand that truth is the only way we're going to go. It's not a color thing, it's spiritual. Good versus evil, right versus wrong. And we need to get away from this race thing and be born again in order to do it. Thank you so much for Thank coming Thank you. On. I need to learn that myself. All right. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I am founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. There's a perfect order to life. That order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. We deal with all people because uh, the things that we're talking about are spiritual things, which applies to all of mankind. And in the black community, we uh, focus, our primary focus is on the man. Uh, I have a book out called From Rage to Responsibility, an excellent book for all people, From Rage to Responsibility. Uh, we have a newsletter that we put out every other month. You can contact us at 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND. Our web is www.bondinfo dot org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.